Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh man, God is so good. He is so good all the time and all the time is so good. Hallelujah. To walk in the blessings of the Lord, isn't that our goal every day? To walk in the blessings of the Lord. You know, uh, I forget who it is now, but the, he said to uh, search out where God is operating and join in there. So many people uh, will stay right where they're at and and cry out for God to do something great when God is doing great things all around us. It simply has to uh, takes us to get up and look around sometimes and see where God is working. Hallelujah. Today, turn your Bibles with me to uh, Matthew chapter 13. In chapter 13, verse 1, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such a large crowd gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, and because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a good crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, bear with me as we jump down. And uh, the, the disciples came in private to ask the Lord. They said, hey, what does the, the, this parable mean? And Jesus replies with, listen, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. So in other words, uh, the seed that's thrown along the path, when we share the gospel message and, and it makes no impact in somebody's life, it's, it's not um, touching their heart. When they hear the message about the kingdom and do not understand it, that's because the evil one has come and snatched that away from their heart. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 20, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of the wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Now, I want you to understand this. In this parable, using this parable as our illustration today, the Lord is telling us to share the message of the kingdom everywhere we go. But understand this. Just because uh, we share the kingdom of God doesn't mean that people will 
uh, receive the Lord doesn't mean that they will receive it and and grow in the Lord. Now, I want to jump over to 1 Corinthians at chapter 15 for a moment and jump on down to verse 33. Just to, We're going to grab a real quick verse here. Do not be misled, writes the author. Bad company corrupts good character. I want to jump back to, to Matthew 13 at the parable for a moment. The seed falling on the rocky ground. Remember the rocky ground. There's shallow dirt there. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And in verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So many times I find uh, believers, usually uh, new believers, but sometimes older believers, people who have been believers for a very long time, although they've had very little, if any, fruit in their life, Yet, they are a people who love the Lord. But I will see them not severing the ties to their old self, that old relationship with unbelievers. Now, understand this. There is a difference between associating with unbelievers, loving them, interacting with them, for the purpose of illustrating and preaching the gospel into their life. But when we become part of the world, simply for the sake of convenience in our own life or uh, fear of the persecution that will arise because we live differently, then we compromise who we are. And when we compromise who we are, it is the bad company which will corrupt that good character that God has placed into you. Like uh, two pieces of fruit uh, sitting close together, and one piece of fruit is rotten, and it's touching that other piece of fruit, you will see that the rot on the other piece of fruit begins where those two touch. And the same in our life. It is important, therefore, when a person gives their life to Christ for us to uh, quickly gather around them, providing uh, a good root structure and, and, and entering into their life as friends and companions and, uh, so that their life can be full, that it's important that they are nurtured right out of the gate. Too often we'll, we will rejoice in church when someone gives their life to Christ, but we have little, if any, follow-up. They return to their everyday life. I see it over and over and over. And other times I will watch that person refuse to separate from their old life. And you know where that path will lead. 
when you are a new believer who stays on the path of your old life, your new faith will, although it may quickly rise up, it will quickly perish also. I watch them over and over abandon their faith in Christ. People who one day said, I have received the Lord as my Savior, and they're filled with joy. And they live for that for a a day or two, or perhaps a week or two. But they do not separate themselves from the world. They continue on in that path. And in every single instance I have experienced, their faith has died. And they have returned from where they came. And usually to things much worse than what they left in the beginning. New believers in the congregations, when when they give their life to Christ, it's important for older believers to quickly gather around them in joy. Stay in constant contact with them, shoring them up, participating in their life, including them in your life. Making sure that there is always the lifeline thrown out for them. That they can not only be discipled, but that they are brought into a fellowship. And they are not standing outside alone with no fellowship. Too many times we will invite them to uh, Bible studies. We will invite them to um, church. We'll invite them to perhaps our our second Sunday service or, or whatever it is, our small group. We'll invite them here and we'll invite them there, but it always revolves around doing something in a Bible study format. But when you you invite them just simply to go to lunch or to be their friend, to be involved in their life, that's when you forge real relationship. Just simply sending them a text once a week isn't really discipleship and it's not really even friendship that's just letting them know that you that you are they are on your mind but when they are drowning from the pressures of the world they need more than just to know that uh, they are on your mind they need a, a brother or a sister to walk alongside them Now, I realize relationship takes two people, but I myself have experienced a a man who has uh, entered into my life early on, uh, before I even met Jesus, to be honest, and for many years afterwards, we were still great friends, but he, he, uh, he inserted himself into my life, looking and searching for ways that we could connect and searching for those opportunities that we could talk about the things of God. He would listen to me and not just talk at me. And he would allow me to respond when he would ask questions. And we would talk about the word of God after I became a believer and, and what it means and how it's applied. He would also hold me accountable. And he had my respect in that. New believers need 
older believers to be involved in their life and not just to stand along the sidelines saying that we are cheering you on, brother, or we are cheering you on, sister. Think about it. Be blessed and be the blessing. Hallelujah.